This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello. I'm very pleased to welcome you to this, the 50th episode of What to Say When Things Get Tough. To celebrate this exciting milestone, I have a very special episode for you. Last time, we hosted leadership coach and mentor Kellen Flukiger, and afterwards, Kellen invited me to appear as a guest on his own podcast called Your Ultimate Life. Rather than talking about communicating in difficult situations, Kellen gave me the chance to share my struggle with addiction and what I've learned about living my own ultimate life. The audio is a little hit and miss, so be prepared to turn up the volume. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gifts. Today I'm honored to have as a guest... Leonard Greenberger, who I met as a guest on his podcast a while ago, and I have met so many cool people as guests, or hosts actually, podcast hosts, because they're pouring their love and their heart into trying to add good to the world, which I love. Welcome to the show, Leonard. Thank you. Very glad to be here, and I'm going to quote you as calling me cool. Definitely going to use that with my kids and my stepkids. Ultra, ultra cool. You can even say ultra cool. I, I, here's, here's the thing, you know, anyone that has made a choice, like we live in a, a world, a universe that is so preoccupied with self-satisfaction, self-gratification, getting what you want, what you think you need, blah, 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 that those who take the time to add good to the world just to do it are so few. And I honor them. I honor you for your podcast and the efforts you're making and the stuff that you do that people know about and the stuff that you do that that they don't. So anyway, our episodes are short. So I'm going to jump right in. I define creating an ultimate life as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. How would you define the ultimate life for Leonard? It's very interesting that you asked that question today, because as we discussed when you were a guest on my podcast, I am in recovery. I celebrated my six-month soberversary just last week. And I would have answered this question very differently six and a half months ago than I'm going to answer it for you now. And I say that because prior to crashing and burning and finally getting the help that I needed, which included a five-week inpatient rehab and many weeks of outpatient therapy, I thought of a purposeful life as mimicking what my father accomplished in his life. And he was very successful. He worked in the newspaper industry for almost 30 years, rose to the level of a vice president with Tribune Company, was working with the newspaper in Fort Lauderdale. And while it was an excellent model to follow, I love my father. He's been incredibly good to me, helped guide me through things. I've only realized recently that going after the kind of prosperity that I saw he had 
did not make me happy in any way. And I think contributed to my substance abuse because I was going after something thinking it was going to make me happy and it wasn't working. And I eventually turned to something else to both look for that and also to escape the fact that I wasn't finding the happiness that I thought I would. Now, after going through six months of very deep introspection, I've come to realize that it is really about the people in your life and the relationships that you have with those who are most important to you. For me, that's my fiance, my parents, my brother, and my kids. And so I have become much more focused on making sure that those relationships are strong than I am on making sure I'm making a lot of money. That's an incredible change. And we have created a religion, at least in the Western culture, around money and valued people in a hierarchy, those that have more or better somehow. And that's often just so not the truth. And as you described that, it reminded me of a, a saying I heard somewhere. I didn't create it. It says you can never get enough of what you don't need because what you don't need won't satisfy you. And you've described that in a perfect way. So I am hearing you say cultivation, nourishment of relationships uh, in, a, in, a, in a powerful way, choosing them, nurturing them, making them rewarding, fulfilling, bilateral, supporting, loving relationships. I'm adding some words, but I'm assuming that's what you meant. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I'll, first I'll give you an example, and then I want to expand a little bit on what I just said. The example is that I've always thought that it was my responsibility to make enough money that I could ensure that my two children you know, live a life of comfort. And while that's, I suppose, an admirable goal and something that would be nice to have, I've realized that what they just want is a father who is present and uh, there for them in ways beyond and, and excluding financial. They don't care. <laughs> they want a healthy, happy, present father. And so I think that is a good example of how I've rethought the way my approach to relationships. You know, in listening to that, it almost brings me to tears. I want to weep because during the time I wanted to be that present father and tried and was internally struggling with so much depression and a conviction that I was worthless that it just came, it just blew up in all kinds of different ways. But this isn't my story. So online, we see all this noise. We see books. We see courses that say, Tell your story, make an impact. Do what you love and the money will follow. And, and it sort of touts the idea of you can, you can have this, this life that you kind of go, woo. And so, it, you know, and then the, you, uh, people, I, I even talked to somebody the other day. I met him on Lunch Club, which is that AI app that meets, you meet people. And he asked me if I thought it was possible for everybody to really like serve with their divine gifts and stuff. And I told him, yes, it is. And he said, no, he disagreed. Anyway, my next question to you is we hear all this crap about creating this beautiful life. And I call it crap. I don't mean it's bad. I use that word just to mean stuff. Do you believe it's possible to create that ultimate life, really, or is it just hype? I think it's possible to do it. I think, to me, the bigger challenge is figuring out what you want that life to be. And that was my mistake, for lack of a better word, is, is not really thinking about what it was I wanted and what would get me to that place. Pursuing this monetary success, the financial success, uh, I really ignored a lot of other things that would have actually delivered the kind of life that I wanted to lead. And it wasn't until I went through this crisis that I really came through and began to understand that. And, and that's what I wanted to add to answer your first question. And that is the most important relationship you have is with yourself. And I never thought about that. You know, I'm 50, almost 56 years old. And the concept of self-care was entirely new to me when I heard about it when I got to rehab. I 
take care of myself. I, I work out. I've, I've gone to the gym regularly for almost 30 years, not more than 30 years. But it was never about feeling good. It was only about looking good. And when I really began to think about, okay, what does Leonard Greenberger need to be happy, to be healthy, to be fulfilled, to feel like he's uh, leading a prosperous life? You know, what does that really mean? And once I began to think about that and identify the things that would really make me happy, that's when I realized, okay, here are the things I need to do to get that. And it wasn't that far out of reach. I just wasn't thinking about it or paying attention. Ooh, ooh, that's so important. Wasn't that far out of reach? We're going to go into that a little bit more. So if you if you didn't have your money, if you lost all the money, you know, something happened and you broke something so that you became uh, not able to look good. Like somehow your body was disfigured. Heaven forbid that that would happen. But let's say that that happened. So the things you pursued, looking good in cash, were both not only taken from you, but removed from possibility. Do you believe you could have a happy, prosperous life after that? Also a question that I would have answered very differently six and a half months ago. I would have told you absolutely not. I'm not sure I would have been able to survive the loss of something like that. But now I, uh, I'm 180 degrees. And while I certainly wouldn't want that to happen, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, at least for myself. But I, I realize now that that is, a, a, not an important qualification for living the kind of life that I want to lead. And also, when I think of the people who mean the most to me, they don't care. I mean, I, I would not lose anyone. That's important to me, I don't think, uh, if I were to become horribly disfigured in some way. And I, I laugh a little because I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm getting a little thicker around the waistline, getting a little thinner on top, you know, it, it's slowly draining away, I guess. So uh, I better prepare myself for something like that. And now I think I am. I love you letting me ask you that question. And so for the listeners, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. And I never do. We go where it seems to need to go. And I, I'm, I'm moved by the sudden and complete change from, I'm not even sure I could survive that. I don't even know if I want to live, if I lose what I used to think is important. And now 15 minutes later, in the grand scheme of things, I now realize that was just a whole thing. I was climbing the ladder on the wrong wall and everything's different. What, what message from that experience, from that, that monumental turnaround, would you give to the audience who is coming to this podcast to hear about living that life of purpose, prosperity, and joy about your sudden turnaround? Like, what would you share with them to, to penetrate, to help them understand, to be encouraged? What would you share about that mad, magic almost, but incredible transition? Well, a number of things, some may be a little repetitive. One is to really think about what it means for you to have that life. And it may be that in some people's situations, they really do want, you know, that financial success. And I don't want to say that that's wrong. You know, that's okay. Um, and if you find fulfillment there, then maybe that is something you should pursue. But I would really give it, a, you know, sit down and really think about it. And maybe in ways that you haven't before, if you can't. So that's, that's my, that's my experience. I had just never thought of the concept of self-care and it really what that means, not just in terms of your physical health, but your mental health, your spiritual health, your emotional health. I would stop and sit down and either by yourself or maybe even go out and find a mentor or even a therapist or somebody, you can start asking questions that maybe you've never asked yourself before and be sure that what you're pursuing is going to deliver what you want. That's a powerful admonition coming from someone who very recently has made a dramatic change and discovered that the spiritual and emotional things are orders of magnitude more important 
than the financial things, which can and do disappear in a heartbeat. And I don't think you need to apologize in any way for saying that the money isn't that important. I don't know anyone who worships money who's happy. Do you? Uh, No, I don't. That brings to mind an HBO documentary that I watched about a... uh, Unfortunately, his name, I'm blanking on his name right now, but it was about a very wealthy man uh, who grew up in New York real estate and ultimately was convicted of killing uh, one of his best friends. And in fact, he probably killed uh, three people altogether. And you can cut all that way, all that out. But one of the things he said during this documentary really stuck with me, which is I was born with more money than I could spend and I had never been. And I do think that money can buy some happiness. But money, I'll go back to my father, who likes to say money only solves money problems. And most of life's most difficult problems are not money problems. And those are relationships. Money not only doesn't solve relationship problems, it can make them a lot worse. And so if you're too focused on the pursuit of one, I imagine that for most people, you're going to do harm in the other. I love that. And thank you. And no, I'm not going to cut anything out. So I just got off of a guest appearance on a podcast with a host in London and Africa. They're partners, and they do this podcast together. And what we were discussing was the topic of forgiveness in the context of both forgiving others and forgiving yourself for mistakes you've made. I don't know about you, but when I got done with addictions and got sober and began to have the same kinds of awakenings you're describing, part of my life was plagued with the guilt and the the things that I had done and maybe the consequences and worrying, oh, oh, oh. And so learning to forgive myself and to start from where I was instead of endlessly hashing over other negative things was a big deal for you. How is, if any, how is forgiveness of yourself helping you or hindering you or allowing you to move forward with this new perspective on life? That has been an incredibly important component both ways. And when I say that, I mean that one of the things that I spent a lot of time thinking about in rehab, and in fact, even uh, described one of the weeks I was there as a forgiveness-themed week, was the idea that forgiveness is not about anyone else. Forgiveness is about you. It's about coming to grips with whatever has happened and putting it behind you so you can move forward, irrespective of whether the person you think or actually did harm you in some way, things. That, that's, that doesn't matter. The forgiveness is about making yourself right and, and centered. And then it comes back the other way. I'm very blessed that my fiance, during a session that we had while I was in to, to talk about you know, some of the awful things I had done in our relationship as a result of my addiction, uh, at the end of two family sessions with her said to me, I am forgiving you for everything you've done. Uh, to this point in our relationship. And as far as I'm concerned, we're moving forward with a, you know, with a blank slate, a fresh start. And you know, that probably the most valuable gift I've ever received. I love that. And I hope you listen, listeners, to that over and over again. As always happens, we've come to the end of our 15-minute time, plus or minus. And I want to ask you, Leonard, yeah, to if people want to follow your podcast or they want to learn more about you, and hear more about your journey and your newfound, literally newfound changes and everything else. How, how would they best find you or get to know more about you if they wanted to do that? 
Well, first, uh, the name of the gentleman who is featured in that HBO documentary is Robert Durst. So there, I've gotten that out. So people can go and look for that if they like. If they want to learn more about me and follow my podcast, the title is What to Say When Things Get Tough, and it's available on all the usual podcast platforms. As I said, I also have a book uh, by that title, which you can find on Amazon, and you can follow me on Twitter at WTSWTGT, What to Say When Things Get Tough. Leonard, I want to thank you for your candor, for your encouragement, for your advice, for the love that you bring both to the world and to our listeners today. Thanks for being here. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you just like, listen, a newfound person, six months sober, doesn't matter if it's six months, six years or 60 years, the changes that come in our lives are profound and real when we discover that the truth about life is the ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy is truly created by serving with your divine gifts, and that's the ticket to creating your ultimate life. Thank you, as always, to Jim Cirillo at jimmymgroup.com for our original music and Rachel Greenberger for our original art. Please send questions to WTSWTGG at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at WTSWTGT. Until next time, always be positive. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.